before I get started, uh, I want to show you my family. This is my family. Uh, my wife Angela and uh, Nicola is our oldest. Nadia is our second oldest, and Levi is our our youngest. We uh, Angie and I have been married now for 21 years happily, and it has just been great. And time flies when you're having fun. And so uh, that's my family. Just wanted to show, throw that out there real quick. Let's open up with our title, I mean our uh, text for today. Now, I will be going through scriptures quickly, so if you got your Bible, I'm going to move fast, just to let you know, okay? Our text for tonight, or t today, Psalm 119, 136. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. The title of this message is simply, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we praise you. And I am so thankful for this opportunity to be here right now, to share forth your word to your people. Open our hearts, I pray. Let our hearts be open to your word. Let every word that I speak be your words. Straight from your throne, nothing more and nothing less I ask. Let your words pierce into the deepest of our souls, deep into our hearts. Let it dig deep into our hearts. We can truly become doers of your word and not just hearers only. Help me to step aside and let you take center stage. This is your time for your people. Not about people, not about man lifting man. It's about us lifting you. Focusing on what you have for us, your body today. Speak to our hearts. Challenge us, we ask. Every single one of us. I, I pray you minister to me just as much as you minister through me, I ask. That all of our hearts here receive from you. In spite of me and who I know I am, I ask that you please minister to every single one of us here tonight. I am just an instrument, an instrument that sits, can do nothing by itself unless the musician plays it. I ask at this moment that you will play through me and that you receive the glory. In Yeshua's name, everyone agree by saying, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we know... In Matthew chapter 4, Yeshua himself said, Come follow me, Jesus said in the scriptures in NIV, and I will what? Make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. Now keep that in mind. Think in your head. Say it, say it a few times within your mind. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. We are to be fishers of men. He's telling his disciples. Now, when we go to Matthew 28, what's he say? Therefore, remember, he's wrapping everything up. He's getting ready to ascend. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, what's he saying there? Chapter 4, he says, I'm going to make you fishers, fishermen. 28, go fish. That's what he's saying. I'm going to make you fishers when he starts. Come 28, okay, go fish. Amen? Now, um, in my 21 years of marriage, we started out as youth pastors. I was a youth pastor for five years, and then I uh, did some traveling evangelism. Then I was a, a senior pastor for, of a very small church for a while. And did some youth pastoring at some small churches here and there, just kind of filling in voids and stuff. And, you know, when you're a youth pastor, 
you see a lot. Just telling you like it is. You see a lot. And you hear a lot of stories. And I want to share a story of a young girl um, who gave this to me. And I asked if I can share it whenever I, I minister. And she gave me the, the, the opportunity to do so. And so I asked her to write her story down, her life story down. And she gave it to me. It's, uh, I'm going to read it as quick as I can. This is a true story, okay? As moments, when you hear this, you're going to say, there's no way. There is no way. But this is a real, these papers you're looking at is a real person, okay? So be attentive and listen to this life, okay? Went to elementary school in Illinois. Moved to Missouri and parents divorced my seventh grade year. They soon remarried and divorced again my eighth grade year. Moved to Washington State the beginning, I'm sorry, um, yeah, the beginning of the eighth grade year without my dad knowing where we were. There were five of us children and my mom and my mom. She had a hard time supporting us because of being a single parent. There were a lot of days I remember just eating pastries from the bakery because there was no, there was, they were so cheap. We lived in two different houses. They're trying to keep up financially. In ninth grade, that, that was in ninth grade. Then we moved to Texas for a job opportunity for my mom. We stayed a week in a state park until she found a job and rented an apartment. It was that fall I took a trip with my biology class. When I arrived home, my family had moved into another house to better our standard of living across town. I had not received word of it and was dropped off at, a, at an abandoned house, standing alone with my sleeping bag. It was an interesting time, waiting there not knowing where anyone was until my mother showed up to take me to our new house. We lived there for a few months, but couldn't make ends meet. So we moved to Arizona in January of that same year, again for a job opportunity. We moved to an apartment and then moved to another a few months later. The second apartment was a one bedroom with all five of us sharing the room while mother slept on the couch. She was working three different jobs, so all of us were unsupervised most of the time. Moved the beginning of my 10th grade year to Missouri with my grandparents, went to school three days and moved to another town. I went to school there three months and then went back to Arizona. Remember, this is real. Uh, where was I at? Went to school the rest of my 10th grade year in Arizona. Moved the summer before my 11th grade year to California on an Indian reservation. We stayed there a week living out of a, a, the vehicle a vehicle at a truck stop while looking at ads in the newspaper for a place to stay. Mom found 40 acres on Hoopa Indian Reservation for rent that was undeveloped. I lived in a lean-to tent for the summer and fall. When the weather got really cold, we built a one-room shack of sheets of, of tin roofing to make a, for in a makeshift fireplace made from a steel barrel to keep us warm when we came in from sleeping. A friend from school asked me to move in with her for a few months. I was back with my mom when she found a house. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
We had no electricity, but we did have a generator and a propane tank. While there, my senior year, I had gotten pregnant and miscarried at 17 years of age. I had difficulties with the father of the baby. We had broken off our relationship, yet he was still a jealous person. I graduated school and moved back to Illinois to get away from him and get a fresh start. At this time, she continues on a little bit here and there. Make sure I'm not going to skip over anything too much. She mentions how she, uh, moving back to Illinois, she was invited to go to a church. And uh, long story short, the church welcomes her in, you know, and I think of a lot of those times about that individual because that church could have cast her out, you know, but they welcomed her in. They could have said, you know what, oh, honey, I'm sorry, you've been doing drugs. I'm, I'm really sorry about that, but I just don't think you're going to fit in. They didn't do that. They welcomed her in. They didn't say, oh, you've been pregnant. Oh, honey, girl, I'm sorry. You're only 17. I just don't think you're going to fit. They didn't say anything of this nature. They welcomed her in. Now, I'm asking ourselves today, with this story, how do we look at people? Do we think, well, they'll never get Torah? What if that church said she's never going to get it? She's not going to understand. She's too far out there. She's been too far removed. Some may think that. Thankfully, that church didn't. But how often have we been guilty of thinking, oh, I just don't know. But what if someone had thought that about us? Would we, would we, where would we be today? So think of this for a moment as we go over these, this, these following moments of this sermon we're going to be coming into. What are we doing to reach the harvest? Because we are fishers. It doesn't matter what the fish may look like in your eyes, it's still a heart and soul in God's eyes. Amen? We'll come back to that story a little later. Now, I have been playing freeze tag a lot lately with my children. My children love to play in the backyard. We got a pretty good size little backyard, and and they'll say, "Come on, Dad, let's go play." So we'll go out the backyard. Let's go do it, you know. And they'll all sit and we'll start playing on the swing set, or whatever. And then Nadia will say, "Let's play freeze tag." Now, freeze tag is freeze tag. Now, my children, if you're if you freeze them, if they're running, they tag them, they go. And they freeze. They do their best to stay in one spot. Somebody get me, help me out. And then they, they run off again. Well, one day, Nadia, my second child, wanted to play in flip-flops. I'm going, girl, what are you doing? You can't run in flip-flops. Yes, I can. Then Levi wants to do the same thing. I'm going, what are you guys doing? We can run in them. I know we can. I go, okay. We'll see how fast you can run them. So we start playing well, of course. You know, have you ever seen a child try to run in flip-flops? It's not natural, folks. It's just not natural. And it's quite comical. We have to look at something. How are we living our life? You know, Scripture specifically tell us to have our feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. You can't be trying to live your life in flip-flops. Get the feet fitted with the gospel. Get yourself ready and prepared. There are people all around you. You never know when the opportunity is going to be right there in front of you. He says, hey, 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 talk to him now. Oh, Lord, I got my flip-flops on. Yep, I told you what to put on this morning. What would you put on your flip-flops? Put on the armor, all of it, starting with that gospel of peace. Amen? Now, you know, with flip-flops, we'll quick note. 
Does anybody like wearing flip-flops? I don't mean to offend you if you do. Okay, okay, good. Okay. Oh, okay, of course, John. Okay. <laughs> My partner. Oh, I do, Steve. <laughs> so anyway, you know, there's hard for me to walk in. And, and speaking of walking, you know, I... Um, Lately, I've been doing a lot of going for walks in my neighborhood, and just it's my prayer time. I just get away. I, you know, some people say I'm just too busy. I don't got time to pray. Man, I'm so busy I can't not pray. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying I've got to pray so I can get everything done. And one day, I was out walking. This is actually this, this last week, and I'm smelling this yard. It's a beautiful yard, but you can smell the chemicals all on it. And, and it was more than just chemicals. It was a gross smelling chemical. I'm like, Ugh. And it hit me, and I go, oh, my stars, and I'm, I'm trying to pray, and oh, dear Lord, that is just gross, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, the next, you know, whiff I took in, it was weird because it's almost like it smelled like, you know, tacos. And it was weird because I'm thinking, well, that was, has you ever had that happen before? You smell something that's like, oh, but then the next breath you go, well, it's really not that bad. Have you had that? Am I the only one that's weird? Please, someone raise your hand. It's happened to me before. Oh, thank you. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so, but it was, it was really, I'm, I'm thinking, that was just weird. And I started praying about it. And, I, and it hit me. I'm thinking, you know what? How often do we, 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 we present the message and people go, whoa, whoa, whoa. But give them some time. Give them a few moments. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, well, you know, that's not that bad. Sometimes we, you know, we, we, we got to just give it a little time, a little prayer. Don't, don't just punch them in the face with it. Let it come one day at a time. Let it sink in. They'll realize how good those tacos taste. Amen? Now, okay. Now, have you ever heard someone trying to sing a song and they don't know the words? I mean, they're just singing. Now, Nicole, I'm going to talk about you, baby. This is my oldest daughter in front. We're, uh, John and I are driving up here together and, and Nicole's in the back seat. And she's got her little headset on, and she's just singing in town, you know. And, and she don't know the words to these songs. They're new songs to her. Some of them were anyway. And um, and we're in the front seats. We're doing our stuff. And he's driving. I'm kind of writing some notes down. And, and Nicole's, la, la, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh. It was hilarious, you know. And and, and, I'm, but, you know, and it's kind of funny because at first it's, it's, it's funny. But after a while, it's annoying. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Now, so we're all been there. Now, I love you, baby girl. Now, now what about those people who sing songs, but they're singing the wrong words? Now, true story. I'm around 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, right in that, in that neighborhood. And I'm home. Elvis song. Okay. And I'm Elvis. I'm singing it out, you know. Like some little kid. And I'm singing this song. A return, listen. Okay, that's the song I'm singing. But how was I singing it? Okay, I was singing Return, Lucinda. Address unknown. A return, Lucinda. And then all of a sudden, my sister comes running in, laughing. What are you singing? I go, I'll start doing it again. A return, Lucinda. Trying to show off to her, you know, she goes, and she's busting the gut. She goes, those aren't the words. I'm going, yes, they are. And I'm, I'm all defensive. You know, I know those words. That's Elvis, man. He's the king. She goes, Steve, think of what you're saying. Return Lucinda, address unknown. Well, yeah. Return, she, he's singing Return Lucinda. And I, I don't know where you are. Your address is unknown. I don't know. 
We sing songs, we don't know what we're singing. Come on, somebody's done that before. Okay, and so, and she's laughing at me. She goes, no, it's Return to Cinder. Address unknown. I'm going, oh, oh, um, well, no, it's not. And then she goes, I go, yeah, it makes better sense, doesn't it? All those times I'm walking around thinking I'm king and cool, singing these songs, and I was making myself a fool. Now, the same principle. How many times when you try to present the truth, they're saying, no, I'm right. And when you present the truth, sometimes it's like, it'll get them and it sinks in. You just got to wait for it to sink. Wait for it to sink. Don't, don't press it. Don't push it. Let the Spirit do what He's supposed to do. Because here's the thing. This is in my notes. Whenever we try to take the role of the Holy Spirit, we just convict. And we condemn. When the Holy Spirit convicts and woos. See what I'm saying? When we try to take the role of the Holy Spirit, we just we just mess it all up. You know, he's the one who can do that job. Let's let him do it. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, are you with me so far? Amen. Okay, now, Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. I'm a firm believer that those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it. We've heard it before. Now, do you believe this scripture that says, what has been will be again? you believe it? Me too. Now, what has been done will be again. Biblical history. If biblical history is any predictor, then we know, then we know, just by the things we know in our life around us right now, judgment's on the way. <clears throat> judgment is on the way. We, as individuals, what are we as individuals doing to reach out to change the fate for so many? If we are also convinced that this judgment could be just around the corner, what are we doing as individuals to change the fate of those around us? And let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart, mind, and soul that the Father has put you in positions, not just in the world, in your little world, in your neighborhood, your family, your friends about you, your place at work. He's put you there. He planted you there on purpose for a reason because He knows who you can contact, who you can touch and reach through your life. Are you with me? Now, so, what are we doing? Now, it's funny because every Sabbath morning we always get up, we sleep in late and then we have a Bible story with the kids and then we will, sometimes we'll act them out and we'll color pictures and stuff and put it on the wall of the story we do. And this last week, a lot of times I try to use illustrations all that I can. And with the kids, and so this one particular story was all about, you know, uh, loving your neighbors yourself. And so I happened to use, for the first time, a SpongeBob illustration. Oh, my kids are all excited about SpongeBob and being in a Bible story, you know. And, and so, well, and because of that, Levi, my youngest one, he could identify all of a sudden. He was like, oh, hey, I know him, you know. And so I asked a question about SpongeBob. Well, immediately, oh, 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 oh. I mean, Levi wanted to answer that question so bad. He wanted to get in there and say, I got the answer, I got the answer, you know. Now, what are we doing? We have the answer. We know the truth. What's our zeal like? Is that our zeal, to get out there and tell everybody that we can? That should be our zeal. Keep that focus. You might, do you remember the show, Mr. Uh, uh, Welcome Back, Kata? Oh, 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 oh. That's what we got to be. That's what we got to have. We should be the same with God's Word. Because, folks, 
judgment could very well be around the corner. We've got to be honest with ourselves. What are we doing to reach out? What are we doing to reach out? Consider Jude. Jude says, Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire. Save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. We can't give up. We cannot give up. I was in my... Uh, a kitchen the other day and all of a sudden I walked into the living room and Nadia and Levi are playing this Wii game. It's a Lego a Lego Wii game. And at this point, if they get, reach a million points, they get like this, you know, cool prize on the on this thing. So I've never seen it before, so I'm going to watch them. I'm watching them. They go, hey, Daddy, watch this. Hey, Daddy, watch it. I'm going, oh, that's funny. They're cracking me up and they're laughing at me, laughing at them. You know, it was really funny. And so I walk out of the room for a minute and they're like, they've got like 750,000 points. They're really racking them up. They're really just this close. And I walk back in to the kitchen to do something next thing you know they're walking in behind me i go what are you guys doing they go oh we, we stopped playing i go what you stopped playing yeah it was getting too hard what you were that close I, i'm it's funny because angie got mad at me i'm going you guys i wanted to see what you guys are going to get and i was i was doing going and you just gave up you go well yeah we just started you started over what i couldn't believe it and, and now, folks, I'm telling you the truth. How many times have we just given up? That one, two, just, and the Lord's saying, would you stop giving up? I got so much to show you. Are you with me? We can't give up. The Lord, has, he's, he wants to do so much to us. And he's waiting for us to take hold and run with it. And run with it. You know, a lot of times it's easy to give up because when you think things aren't going the way you think they should be going. You know, and if that happens, don't give up on the message. Change the delivery. Are you with me? No, because it's like if the flip-flops aren't working, get the tennis shoes on, man. Start running with it. I example, if your car doesn't get you to work, do you quit work? No, you get a new car. Don't quit work. Just get a new car. Get a new vehicle. Make sure... Be honest. Say, Father, what am I doing wrong? I mean, am I doing something wrong? And, and work out the best thing. Because the message, folks, the message has to get out. Amen? Remember, history repeats itself. Let's not forget this throughout this message. History repeats. And what was said through Isaiah, I believe with all my heart, is going out today. Isaiah 51. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people the rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. Verse 2. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Now folks, look at this scripture because in all honesty, this, this is talking in Isaiah's day. But we can pluck this out and drop it in 2012. Now let's focus on this. I want to read it one more time. And think of today. Think of people you know today. Let's just go verse 2. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. As if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. <coughs> they, ask for, they ask of me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Does that, that, that would fit, fit seamlessly today. Would you not agree? Let's go a little farther down in Isaiah. Let's go a little farther down in 66, verse 5. So hear the word of the Lord. You who tremble at his word. Listen, he's talking to us. 
your brothers who hate you and exclude you because of my name have said let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy yet they will be put to shame again we can fit this in modern day take it from Isaiah's day it fits why because history repeats how many times and let me mention something real quick you know whenever you, you see scripture we're talking about hate and love it's we 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 got this mentality of oh lovey-dovey and hate ooh it's not that way hate and love in Hebrew mentality is more so choose and not to choose okay so look at this if it is when your brothers who do not choose you and exclude you because of my name so they may not hate you but in the mentality of, of the context here we're talking they're choosing now let me ask you whenever you came to Torah did, did all your friends stay close to you I mean your family they still love you right I mean they're, they're right there and they want to be with you every day right on you're with me we've all been there when you come to truth it's like everyone goes boing they flee from you in nine different directions plus one so you know what I'm talking about now okay now let's compare Isaiah back in chapter 24 again remember same people he's talking to okay Isaiah 24 let's look at verse 5 first it says the earth is polluted by its inhabitants they transgressed laws violated statutes broke the everlasting covenant okay again in context here let's go to verse 14 verse 14 and 15 it says they raise their voices they shout for joy they cry out from the west concerning the majesty of the Lord therefore glorify the Lord in the east the name of the Lord the God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea continuing verse 16 from the ends of the earth we hear songs listen to this this is what they're saying glory to the righteous one but I say this is Isaiah saying woe to me woe to me alas for me treacherous deal treacherously and the treacherous deal very treacherously verse 17 terror and pit and snare confront you O inhabitant of the earth folks there are people all around who think they are right in it and the time is going to come when that snare is upon them what are we doing to reach out to them what are we doing I encourage you to study the word treacherous do a word on that I didn't get time to do a lot on this I got too much I want to cover but focus on that focus on that word sometimes you get the get the opportunity folks history repeats itself history repeats it always repeats and keep this in mind this verse in, my, in mind Ecclesiastes 1 9 keep this in mind while I go over this next couple spots here considering the father following okay the father gave the law to his people right Moses brings it down the leaders eventually what rebel they eventually rebel the father what since prophets what happens the leaders refused to repent the father then sends judgment okay pattern next let's go time of Yeshua then again here we find the father sends his son to his people the word the law the leaders rebelled the father then what sends his prophets who is the disciples what happens leaders refused to repent what happened judgment 70 AD now modern day today the father has been revealing his word to people all over the world more and more and we find more and more they know it but yet they're not choosing it they're rejecting it they're rebelling it the father sending his prophets ie us his disciples we find what's happening is as we mentioned earlier we get rejected they're not accepting folks what's the next part of the pattern judgment 
judgment is around the corner. I'm not saying when. I don't know when. Yeah, I, I, we have our presumptions of when we think it could be, especially if you see our end-time teachings. But we know one thing's for sure. History repeats. It's going to happen soon. Are you with me? As mentioned earlier, Yeshua told his disciples that we would be fishers of men. We are to be fishers of men. And that we are to go out and make disciples. Now, compare the next verse I want to give you. Jeremiah 16, 16, it says, Jeremiah, But now I will send for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. Listen closely now. After that, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them down on every mountain and hill and from the crevices of the rocks. Folks, we are the fishers, fishermen. The hunters are coming. There's not much time. We have got to focus on our task at hand to be fishers, fishermen. That's our task. Amen? Remember, history repeats. History repeats. Ecclesiastes 1.9. Consider Hosea. Consider Hosea. Hosea 7.16. They do not turn to the Most High. They are like a faulty bow. Their leaders will fall by the sword because of their insolent words. Leaders. For this they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. Now, if I can give you a request, please, tonight, tomorrow, this weekend, don't let this weekend go out without reading the whole book of Hosea. It's only like, if I'm not mistaken, 14 chapters. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you right now, this weekend, don't let this weekend go without reading the book of Hosea. And do, when you do, read it through the, through the lens of 2012, and you're going to go, oh my goodness. Now, in, with the scripture, it says insolent words. You know, he did a pretty good job doing that. The, the Strong's actually re renders it as indignant words. Man, folks, I have seen ministers close to me that fit this to the T. You know, they don't just ridicule us. They ridicule what we stand for. That's God's word. Let's move on. Okay, I now want to share with you something that I call generational truth. Let's let this cross represent truth, okay? This is going to represent truth for us. It's for this moment in time as an illustration of example. So here we have truth. And we have a generation that comes in and says, okay, this is truth. Right down the center of our generation, this is where we stand. The middle right here is truth. We stand for this truth, okay? Next generation comes along and says, you know what, Mom, Dad? I like what you're saying, but you're a little too extreme, so we like it. We're going to make our truth right here. And they slash the line down and say, that's our truth. That generation comes and says, here, this is where we stand. Mom, Dad, you know, you guys are just a little too whack out for us. We like it right here. Then their little kids come up and start growing, get a little older. They say, you know what, Mom and Dad? I like what you're saying, but, you know, I think our truth should be right here. You know, Grandpa and Grandma, well, they're way out there. You know, so we're going to make our truth right here. And that generation confirms where they're at right then and there. And then that generation has their kids. That generation comes up and says, you know what, Mom and Dad? I like what you're saying, but we're going to make our truth right here. This is good. We're still in the boundaries of what you're saying here. And they make their truth, and that generation lives right there. The next thing you know, folks, we are four generations removed from the exact real truth. It happens all the time. History repeats itself. The grand grandparent, great grandparents, oh, they're too crazy. They're, this, they're, they're, they're the radical ones. This is fine. 
folks, please consider the following. Jeremiah 16, verse 11. Then say to them, It is because your fathers forsook me, declares the Lord, and followed other gods, and served and worshipped them. Stay close. They forsook me and did not keep my law. Verse 12. But you have behaved more wickedly than your fathers. See the pattern? See how each of you is following the stubbornness of his evil heart instead of obeying me. Verse 13. So I will throw you out of this land and into a land neither you nor your fathers have known. And there they will serve other gods day and night. For I will show you no favor. Now look at this. It says here, I will throw you out. Folks, focus for a second. Look at this. And we talked a while ago, they're going to be going to the land, be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. Egypt is always representative of slavery, bondage. Okay? Here we have, now, they're going to be thrown out. I will throw you out of this land. Remember, history repeats. Now, compare all of this. Let's go to Revelation 18. Revelation 18, the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Verse 13, cargoes of cinnamon and spices, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and bodies and souls of men. Don't think that the bondage that happened back in Egypt is gone. History repeats, folks. God spread us out, and whenever the time comes when people don't repent, they'll be kicked out from where they're at one day soon. Remember, history is cyclical. Just as God's people were killed and banished for the rebellion in Syria and went to Syria and Babylon, a time is coming again that it can happen all over again. Now, I want to do something. I don't really like doing this, but I want to do. I want to read 11 verses back to back. I want you to follow with me because there's a reason for this. It's in Ezekiel chapter 9. And so um, stay with me. And uh, and actually, it's, I'm going to have to read from the slides here. My notes aren't quite uh, intact. So Ezekiel chapter 9. And here I go. Stay with me, please, because here we go. Then I heard him call out in a loud voice, Bring the guards of the city here, each with the weapon in his hand. And I saw six men coming from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. With them was a man clothed in linen, who had a riding kit at his side. They came in and stood beside the bronze altar. Now the glory of the Lord of Israel went up from above the, the cherubim, where it had been, and moved to the threshold of the temple. Then the Lord called to the man clothed in linen who had the riding kit at his side and said to him, Go throughout the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over the detestable things that are done in it. Verse 5, As I listened, he said to the others, Follow him through the city and kill without showing pity or compassion. Slaughter old men, young men, and maidens, women, and children, but do not touch anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were in front of the temple. Verse 7. 
Then he said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go. So they went out and began killing throughout the city. While they were killing, and I was left alone, I fell face down, crying out, Ah, oh, Sovereign Lord, are you going to destroy the entire remnant of Israel in this outpouring of your wrath on Jerusalem? Verse 9, He answered me, The sin of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. The land is full of bloodshed, and the city is full of injustice. They say the Lord has forsaken the land. The Lord does not see. Verse 10, So I will not look on them with pity or spare them but I will bring down on them sorry on their heads what they have done verse 11 then the man in linen with the writing kit at his side brought back word saying I have done as you commanded now how many times I've heard this read in the focus has always been in verse 4 go throughout the city of the Jeru of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads for those who are going to be saved oh hallelujah we're going to be saved we're going to be marked we're going to be taken care of and granted I agree it does parallel that of the, the marking which is mentioned in Revelation no doubt but folks I'm going to be straight with you. that's not my focus my focus is on verse 8 and it says while they were killing and I was left alone. I fell face down, crying out, Ah, Sovereign Lord, are you going to destroy the entire remnant of Israel? <laughs> Folks, we've got to focus not on us, but on those who he's called us to go out and reach. We are the fishermen. We've got to reach out. Are you with me? Revelation 21, after the judgment is complete. Revelation 21, verse 4. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Hallelujah. It says, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. This is right after the great right throne judgment. And, you know, will those tears be because those who were just judged didn't listen to us when we spoke to them or because we didn't speak to them? What will those tears be for? Are you with me? So, what if people look at us like we're freaks? So what? Does it matter what people think or what God knows? You know? And you know what? Being honest with you, if, if you come to somebody and all they want to do is debate you and, and argue with you, you know, that's okay. You presented the truth, shake the dust, wipe you know off your feet and what have you, and, and find someone because it says, "Come, let us reason." If you can't find someone willing to reason, then their heart is hardened. You've you've shared, you've done your job, and the spirit will take it from there. Find someone who you can focus on, because folks, arguing will get you nowhere. We can't argue. Just if they want to argue, you you sit back, and say, okay, that's cool, agree to disagree, and, and we go our ways and say, Father, where's the next one? The hunters are coming. But now I will send for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. After that, I will send for many hunters, many hunters, and they will hunt them down. The church of Laodicea didn't even know that they were poor, blind, and naked. Did you know that? The church of Laodicea did not know they are poor, blind, and naked. 
what are we doing about it? Are we praying for them? Are we trying to reach them out, reach out to them? Folks, the storm of the Lord may not be too far away. In fact, you'll see tonight the birth pains are going to be increasing really fast. If we're right anyway. If history is right, judgment is about to fall on God's people. Let that be known. God's people. How many here know how to drive a stick shift? Okay. Let me ask you a question. When you first started learning to drive a stick shift, was you scared? Oh, man. Man, I learned how to drive a stick shift on a little Opal. It was a 1973 Opal. And I'll never forget my dad said, okay, put your clutch in. And I'm just shaking as I can get real slow. And I just jumped that thing like, it's funny. But now you look at me today, I can drive a stick shift. I'm, I'm talking on the phone, I'm doing this, I'm doing, uh, and it's second nature, right? Because it's second nature. When you do something so much, it's just second nature. Now, it's funny just how we live our lives sometimes, I think. Have you ever been on a long trip? This happens to me every once in a while. And you're driving, and you're kind of in what we would call, let's say, la-la land, okay? <laughs> and you're driving, and you're driving, and then all of a sudden, it hits you. You go, I don't remember the last five minutes of me driving. Have you ever had that happen? Please raise your hand so I'm not alone. Okay, now, frequently, frequently. <laughs> don't, don't drive very often, okay, okay, so, okay, the point here is, you're on autopilot, you're doing what comes natural, next thing you know, you really are in la-la land, because you're off in da-la-la, you're thinking about this, you're thinking about, and you have no idea what's, and next thing you know, you go, where'd that truck come from, where'd that red car come from, <laughs> it happens that way, now, folks, I'll be straight with you. We have to do our best right now to shake ourselves off of autopilot because there are people all around us who don't know the truth and they need the truth. We have got to shake ourselves and say, okay, no more la-la land. i got to be a fisherman. I've got things to do. And if you don't know how to do it, say, Lord, teach me. Let's grow. Let's do it right now. And, you know, <laughs> You know, <laughs> we're all learning and growing. I'm not where I was a year ago, and I, I hope and pray I'm not a year from now where I'm at today. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure I can promise you there are things in my in my th way of thinking of scriptures and stuff that's dead wrong. I'm, I'm sure there's something you're going to say, oh, Steve, you're wrong. Good, Dad, that's good there. But, boy, you've really got this one messed up. You know, you're probably right. Give me some grace. Lord willing, next year I won't be there. Amen? For all of us. We all grow. Let's try to grow. You know, uh, I read for you the story um, of this young girl. And I like giving happy endings, you know. So I want to share with you a happy ending because with this true story, this is a, really a, was a true story I read for you about this young girl. And, and I want to give you the happy ending that I, I consider a happy ending because that young girl today has a husband that loves her deeply has three little girl, uh, two little girls and a little boy that thinks she's the queen. Yes, she is. And I am so thankful for that church 
that opened her opened their arms up to her because today I have a wife that loves the Lord amen. and all I can say amen 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 you know folks we don't know who's going to get it and who doesn't and it's not our job to try to decide who will our job is to go out and fish we are to fish we are the fishermen the hunters are coming don't judge fish i think it'd be a good t-shirt don't judge fish <laughs> so you know folks i believe that the father is calling out today as he did in isaiah 6 8 then i heard a voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us then i said here am i send me let us be like my little boy levi go oh send me that should be our heart's cry that should be our heart's cry said lord send me send me you know our hearts breaking are our hearts breaking as our text read streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed are our hearts breaking when we see torah not followed folks let's make it our goal to reach out while this time is still allowing us and it may not be for much longer let the theme of our hearts be as i title this message father forgive them for they know not what they do they don't know did you know no you didn't until someone opened our eyes it's our job to go out and share it and not be ashamed of it but to go out and speak the truth in love and when we do as psalms 126 says for those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy folks we're the fishers we are the fishermen it's time to get rid of our flip-flops and put on the shoes that allow us at a moment's notice to speak that gospel in, in just a moment's notice we're ready we know that history repeats folks we've got to do our best and realize that it's about to go full circle one more time around the generational truth is out there we've got to reach out and pull them back to the cross pull them back to the truth of torah amen we've got to shake ourselves off of autopilot we've got to look through their eyes we've got to stop arguing and start focusing on just reaching those who want to reach out with the truth who want to reason Amen. Let's pray. Father, I praise you, and I am so thankful again for this opportunity that you've allowed us to be here. I am so thankful for this. I ask that you help us, strengthen us, give us the courage that we need, the boldness, the power to move in your word, in your grace, in your love, to reach those that you place around us. Time is short. We must act. We can't be in the boat just wanting to get a tan. We've got to be out there fishing. We must be busy with the Lord's work, with our ears tuned 
what he wants us to do out on a quiet, still lake, hearing his voice constantly. And he says, go here, and we go there. He says, go here, and we go there. That is our goal, folks. Father, help us, we ask, to do just that, to be still and know that you are Lord, so we can follow your voice to reach your people. Be with us now, we ask, and bring us back safely tonight. We ask it all in Yeshua's name. And everyone agree by saying, Amen. Amen.